We've been in chapter 11 for quite a while, for about a month. And we saw that faith, the way that Hebrews chapter 11 begins, we see the words by faith. Or faith is the assurance, the confidence of things hoped for. And faith is the conviction, the proof of things not seen. That's verse 1. What we hope for, but what we do not yet see. And we, we, think, about, we think about that word faith and, and what it means. What we hope for, but what we do not yet see. And faith is beyond merely believing a, a set of facts. To have faith in what one would hope to come to pass. And, and then, in some cases, to have the faith to endure it if that would not be God's plan. If we're praying, praying for A and God, because of His glory and for our ultimate good, decides that it really it's supposed to be B, then the Lord would give us the faith to endure what is ultimately His will. And see, faith in the Bible, as seen in the Bible, involves trusting in the work of God unto the end of things, even if it's often a work that we can't yet see unfold. And to encourage the readers of this letter, we've seen the writer to the Hebrews remind his readers of the faith found in and shown through the lives of of some of these paternal and maternal figures of the faith. Uh, some Some of the folks we see earliest in Scripture, Abel, Enoch, Noah, folks from the book of Genesis. And we saw the beginnings of the faith journeys of of Abraham and Sarah. And last time we we saw that crisis of faith, which is is famous, that, that when Abraham, the crisis of faith that Abraham faced when he was told to sacrifice his son Isaac. Well, this morning we we look into one of the defining moments in the life of Isaac and his sons, Jacob and Esau. And it's one verse this morning, one verse only. It's, it's, it's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. One verse. And to set the stage, we need to get at least a glimpse of the family portrait of Isaac. Isaac and his wife, Rebekah, and their two sons, Jacob and Esau. And their story takes place in Genesis chapter 25. That's where it begins. And, and Isaac, the son of Abraham, Abraham was, is, the, is the wandering nomad to whom God made all these promises. Um, promise that, that a nation would come from him and, and that all this land of Canaan would be his descendants and that he would be, through Abraham and his family line, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And, and that promise, which happened in the beginning of Genesis, how that impacts not just the rest of Scripture, but the rest of our, of, even into our day, and until that day when that descendant of Abraham, that one we know as Jesus, the Son of God, when he returns in glory and power. One verse this morning. To set the stage, we see that Isaac, the son of Abraham, is 40 when he gets married to Rebekah. And Isaac, when he's nearly 60, he prays to the Lord on behalf of his wife because because Rebekah is not able to have children. 
And what happens? The Lord answers his prayer, and Rebecca conceives. And there's not just going to be one. There's going to be twins. And, and the children struggle together in her womb. And, and what we see is she, she says to the Lord, if this is so, then why am I this way? And I learned once, and I had to be reminded two other times through my wife's three pregnancies, you don't really argue with a pregnant woman. I learned you don't do that. And so if she wants to question the Lord, so be it. And so Rebecca questions the Lord, if it is so, then why am this way? And so she goes to inquire before the Lord, and the Lord says to Rebecca, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people, get this, shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. And the time comes for Rebecca to give birth. And behold, there, here are the twins. Here they come. And the first comes forth, and he's, he's all, he's ruddy, he's all red, and he's, he's red all over like a hairy garment. He's, he's just covered in hair and red, and, and they name him Esau. And just moments later, as they are delivering him, and, they, and, he, and he comes out, and attached to his foot, his heel, is the hand of his brother. And he's grabbing the heel of his older brother. And so they say, well, a heel grabber, there's a term for that. It's called a supplanter. It's a word we don't use much these days, but, it, but this means someone or something that will take the place of another, usually through force or trickery or scheming, a supplanter, a heel grabber. So let's name him Jacob. Not a very nice name, but they bring one baby out, and here comes baby two holding on to baby one by the heel. Esau, then Jacob. And the boys grow, and, and Esau, the eldest, he, he becomes a skillful hunter. He, he's a man of the field. I, I picture he's, he's, probably a, he's probably a pretty burly dude. He's a man's man. He's a skillful hunter. He's a man of the field. But we see that Jacob is a peaceful man. He's, he's living and he's working amongst the tents. He hangs, out, he hangs out in the tents with mom and he's helping her. He's not out in the field. Isaac, the daddy, he loves Esau. Because he has a taste for wild game, and, and Esau knows how to prepare it. And, and, uh, but Mother Rebecca, Rebecca, we see that she loves Jacob. Partiality never really helps a situation, does it? And one day, Jacob has cooked this stew. Younger brother has cooked this stew, and the older brother Esau, he comes in from the field, and he is starving, he is famished. And Esau says to his brother, please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. I'm starving. When the kids, all the kids were home, as soon as, I mean right before the bell really would ring, they'd text their mother and say, what's for dinner? <laughs> 
Same thing here. Same thing here. And so what happens? Jacob, tricky, wily Jacob, goes, hmm. He says, I'm famished, feed me. And Jacob says, okay, first, sell me your birthright. Sell me your birthright. The birthright, and it's not really all that different from something today. It's the inheritance of the firstborn. And, and in the days of the ancient Near East, that could end up being double of what the other child or other children would receive. And Esau, even though he's a big, burly, I think he's probably a hulk of a man, man of the field, he sounds like he's kind of a drama queen. When he, when he says, behold, I'm about to die, I'm so hungry. What use is a birthright to me? Poor, poor Esau. And Jacob says, swear to me. And so Esau swears over his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gives Esau bread and lentil stew. I, I've never been a fan of lentil stew. And Esau, he eats and he drinks. And then we see that he rises and he goes on his way. Not a care in the world, not a second thought about his birthright or his inheritance. And Genesis chapter 25 tells us that Esau despises his birthright. And that's a huge statement. Because what that means is he is disregarding a blessing. Do you and I ever disregard blessings? Sometimes it may not be something we're expecting, but it's a blessing nonetheless. And we write it off, we dismiss it. Some time passes and... and a few years come to pass and Isaac is old and his eyes are too dim to see and that he calls Esau. He, he says, my son. And Esau says, here I am. And Isaac says, behold, I'm, I'm old and I do not know the day of my death and so please take your gear, your quiver and your bow and I want you to go out into the field and I want you to, to hunt some game for me and I want you to cook it up. Prepare that savory dish that I like so well Bring it to me that I can eat it and that I can bless you before I die. Sounds like a pretty good plan. Well, Mother Rebecca, she's eavesdropping. She's eavesdropping. And when Esau goes off to hunt, she tells her son Jacob about their conversation. Remember, Rebecca loves Jacob. Partiality is never a good thing. And so mother tells son, bring to me two young goats from the flock, our flock, and I'm going to prepare this dish and you're going to bring it to your father so that when he eats it, he will bless you before his death. And Jacob, because he's tricky and he's wily, 
And evidently, maybe he's thought about this. He said, you got to remember, Mom, Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. And he says, perhaps my, my father will fill me and that I'll be a deceiver in his sight and I'm going to bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother says, your curse be upon me. Now, obey me and go get them. And so off he goes, off he goes to get the young goats. Rebecca then goes to get the best garments of Esau her elder son. She puts them on Jacob. She takes goat skins and puts them on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And then Jacob comes to his father and says, Father, and Isaac says, Here I am. Who who are you, son? And Jacob says, Well, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you've told me. Get up and please and set up and, and eat of my game so that you can bless me. And Isaac, he's not a fool. Because he says, how is it that you have this so quickly, my son? And I want you to hear something that Jacob, the trickster, says to his father. Because the Lord, your God, caused it to happen to me. Did you catch what he said? Your God. Hmm. So Isaac says to Jacob, please come close that I may, I may feel you, my son. And he can't see, he's blind. Whether to, to see you're really Esau. You see, something seems off. So Jacob comes close to Isaac and, and, and he feels Jacob and he says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are, are, are hairy. They're the hands of Esau. And he says, are you really Esau? And he says, I I am. He just starts just telling lies. You you tell one. Have you ever noticed that when you tell one lie, all of a sudden they just kind of start unfolding? That's why it's good that we don't lie. We're told not to lie. Isaac says, bring the food to me, and I'm going to eat of the, the dish you've cooked, and I'm going to bless you. And Jacob, he brings it, and Isaac eats, and Jacob brings him wine, and, and, and Isaac drinks, and then Isaac says, come, come close and kiss me, my son. And, and Jacob comes close and, and kisses him, and Isaac smells the smell of Esau's garments. Who he thinks is Esau? And he blesses him. And then Isaac gives a blessing to Jacob. A stolen blessing. But a blessing nonetheless. He says, see the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth, and an abundance of grain and new wine. This blessing for refreshment. This refreshment uh, and abundance. Isaac prays. And then he says, may peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you, be masters of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you, And then he says, cursed be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. 
by faith, a blessing is given for this continued refreshment. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Not just in that moment, but regarding things to come. Isaac finishes blessing and Jacob, he slips out. And just as he slips out, in comes Esau. Esau so excited, Esau coming in from the field and he, he brings in the spoils and he makes savory food as his father loves and he brings it into his, his father and he says to Isaac, he said, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. And Isaac says, who are you? Imagine hearing a parent say that to you. I'm your son. I'm, I'm, I'm your firstborn. I'm Esau. And then we see that Isaac, he trembles violently and he says, Who was he that hunted game and brought it to me that I ate of it before you came? And I blessed him. And, and here's the thing. He's going to be blessed. And Esau hears these words. He, he cries out, we are told, with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. We've probably all heard at some point in our lives an exceedingly great cry. Bless me! My father, bless me! And, and Isaac says, your brother came deceitfully. He's taken away your blessing. And then, and then his brother says, is he not rightly named Jacob before because he has supplanted me these two times? He took away my birthright and now he's taken away my blessing. And Esau says, have you not reserved a blessing for me? And, and his father replies, behold, I've made him your master. And all his relatives I've given to him as servants. And with grain and new wine I've sustained him. And then words that no child ever wants a parent to say. Words no child wants to hear. As for you, what can I do? Esau says, do you only have one blessing? Bless me, bless me. And he's weeping. This rough, rugged men of the field who claim the land, have dominion over the land. He is crying like a baby. He's weeping. Isaac says to his son, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. Away from the dew of heaven above. Those are pretty hard words for one who is a man of the field, aren't they? Away from abundance. By your sword you shall live. That's a hard road. And your brother you shall serve. 
Talk about adding insult to injury. We have to remember that in those moments where Esau was weeping, Isaac just didn't whip these words out of, mid, out of thin air. These are words the Lord gave. These are words that the Lord gave to him. And Isaac says one more thing. You've got all this bad stuff happening, but then he says this, but it shall come about that when you become restless, you will break his yoke from your neck. You'll break his hold upon you. By faith, Isaac blessed Esau, even regarding things to come. Why does it have to be this way? Why? Do you and I ever ask why? Do we ever ask why? And sometimes the silence just screams, doesn't it? Esau, we are told, bears a grudge against Jacob. And Esau, he, he talks to himself. He says, the days of mourning for my father are near. You know, he's going to die soon and we're all here together and all this, that, and the other. But then I'm going to kill my brother. And evidently he, he murmurs and mutters and talks of this to such an extent that word gets back to his mother. And she says to Jacob, your brother is consoling himself by planning to kill you. Therefore, I want you to obey me and arise and flee to Haran, where my brother, your uncle Laban, lives. Go stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides. Until he forgets what you did to him. Until he forgets. She really has so little regard for her child. What happens ultimately between Esau and Jacob? Well, this morning, time does not permit me to finish the story. But at some, time, at some point I will. And what does the writer to the Hebrews tell us? By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau even regarding things to come. We see treatment that is simply not fair. We see partiality. We see betrayal. But, one more thing. Isaac, old man, blind father Isaac, who knows what has happened, is aware of the situation. Just before his scheming, wily son, Jacob, runs away, he has one more word to say to that wily scheming son of his. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he also give you the blessing of my father Abraham, your grandfather, to you and to your descendants with you that you may possess the land of your sojournings, the land of your wanderings which God gave to your grandfather Abraham. Familiar words Despite 
despite Jacob's lack of interest in his father's God. Do you, do you remember when he told his father, it was your God? Think of those times when we not really interested in, in things other than our own plans, other than our own wants and our own agendas, that the Father has given us His very best blessing, Jesus. That one, that descendant from the line of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jesus. And regarding those things to come in our lives, plans for our hope and plans for our future, all of those plans and all of those hopes can only be realized by faith in Jesus.